This is Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender, experience, and perspective. I'm your host, Amy Breslow. Each week, I invite a different guest to share their personal experiences regarding gender and gender issues. When I use the word gender, I mean the range of social roles, personality traits, attitudes, behaviors, values, and relative power that society assigns to females, males, and other individuals. Gender is an identity that is learned. How we define gender changes over time and can vary within and across cultures. This podcast is recorded at my kitchen table and may contain sounds of life from my home and neighborhood in Washington, D.C. Episode 6. My guest today is Tracy, who identifies herself as a black woman and prefers the pronouns she and her. Welcome, Tracy. I am so pleased to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Tracy, I wanted to start off by asking you, how do you self-identify? I identify as a black woman. That's, that's the way I see myself. I, I know that some people look at it as an African-American, and I, to be honest, I when I hear the word black, I don't have a bad connotation. And then when I look at you, I don't look at you as a European-American. I look at you as a white woman, and that doesn't have a negative connotation to me either. So I guess I haven't evolved with to the African-American name that's come with um, with. I mean, that that makes sense. Whatever, it, this question truly is, how do you self-identify? And okay. if that's what works for you, that I mean, I think of myself as a white woman. Right. I don't think of myself as a European woman. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, I think it just makes it, I don't know, maybe it's the way I grew up with it. So it's, it's normal to me. Tracy, when in your life did you first become aware of gender roles or different gender roles? As a child, um, because I can remember when my mother would uh, cook dinner, she would have me and my sister help her out in the kitchen, and my brother got to watch football on, on the couch with my father, and I was like, this is totally unfair. So as a result, I don't cook. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> So I literally, my sister would cook and I would just stand beside her and she was fine as long as I was in the kitchen beside her and did like a few errands. She didn't make me dig in and I refused to dig in because I was like, there's no reason why they get to sit out there and I have to be in here other than I'm a girl that doesn't make sense. And my sister was even like, this is unfair. I'm going to start a vagina club. say something to your mom? Yeah, but she's just like, no. But in hindsight, I think her, my father worked a lot. I think her, her goal from her perspective Mm -hmm. was to make sure they spent time together, father and son. Mm -hmm. But from my perspective, I was like, this is, there's no reason that because of our, you know, sexual organs that we have to delineate roles. It doesn't make sense. And then I was even like 12 and I realized that this is wholeheartedly unfair. So, um, but nonetheless, it, it impacted me and my cooking skills. <laughs> my protests didn't fare well. <laughs> but but still, you know, it's it's interesting. Some people are not aware. You know, it, it's it, this is something I've been just even the, in the in the say the small number of interviews that I've had with people so far. It's really fascinating to see kind of who has had an awareness when they were young and who has not so it's yeah but i see it even still some of it just becomes family tradition right if we have a big family gathering it's all the females in the kitchen and all the men in front of the tv literally 
in your house? Does yeah, that, and so does even that perpetuate today? it still goes on. Yeah, yeah, it still goes on. So, Tracy, what kind of issues of gender do you confront in the workplace, or is it a non-issue for you? So right now, since I started working for myself, <laughs> I haven't been cruel to myself. Now <laughs> it's going very well. Um, but I think that uh, in prior years, and in, in thinking about it, my prior job, what I realized in hindsight and talking to other people is that the women there, when they were married, never got a raise. What? And so really? only in talking to other married women, and one of them brought it to my attention. She said, the moment I got married, I stopped getting raises. And I, and I thought, well, you know, it's true. I, my my salary was stagnant for at least five years, right? Completely no no change. And even despite discussions, no change. Um, and so then, you know, we started to gather information. But that was, to me, the, the most blatant thing, like, oh, the assumption, therefore, is that your husband's going to take care of you. And just because people listening don't know, can you say what your profession is and what so you So I'm a physician. Yeah. And it it's kind of ironic because you where you used to work is this like holistic know. you know I, I I don't know what to say <laughs> I don't want to use the word new age right. <laughs> but, right. but just a very holistic place I would have thought they of all people would not be that way I would have thought so too really and in truth I, I never thought to look at it it only came up in conversation and then I was like well that's really interesting to say the least and it, it, but I could see it now you know and the and the idea that um you know you're you're taken care of yeah right that that's a whole mentality so given the fact that you're a doctor I'm curious when you were in medical school did issues of gender come up there gender I'm trying I can't think of anything off the top of my head related to gender in medical school um, not so much, I think because it's so, uh, academic, you're kind of, it is what it is. You either got the question right or you didn't, and then moving along. Um, and, e but even coming into residency, I, you know, there was a sense of kind of when you go into the hospital that you're in a very male dominated environment. Um, but I never got the sense that, uh, from my personal experience, that I, if someone said, "Oh, as a woman, you can't, you can't do that," or perhaps I was oblivious to it. I don't know. I do. I, my filter, I think, is more for race than it is for gender, and so perhaps my antenna is more up for that than it is as a woman. And if someone were doing something to me as a woman, I would assume race is what I think. Interesting, I, I, and that makes sense. That absolutely yeah. makes sense. When you were in medical school or in residency, did you face issues that you thought were more race-related? So I, when I was interviewing for medical school, I can remember being asked on an interview about, like, affirmative action questions. And, you know, did what did I think about a, a black person coming in and they shouldn't uh, be there taking up a space for a white person? <laughs> Which, you know, at the time I was, I don't know, 20-something, I didn't know that was illegal. All right, a completely illegal question. So um, that that one sticks out probably the most in in my mind. And people were like, "Are you going to sue?" I'm like, "I'm not, not going to sue. Like that's not going to change any mentality, and it's not worth it." I'm a strong believer that you know, rejection's God's protection plan, right? If someone's if you're meant to be somewhere, you're going to be there. If you're meant to 
do something, you're going to do it. It's not, you shouldn't force, force anything. Just let it, let it flow. So, um, just landed at, it is what it is. And I never took it personally. And there was so much to do at that time mm-hmm. too. If mm-hmm. I took that on, it would throw, it throw me off course. What, like approximately what decade did you go to medical school? Just so I had started in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would have been probably 94 maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere I, in there. Yeah. That's when I was in grad oh, school too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the main things that motivated me to start this podcast is the new conversation that's come up around gender and women and the whole Me Too everything, this very organic grassroots um, movement that that we've been very, I think, very fortunate to see. I think this is a long time in coming. And so my next question is, and, and I mean this in a very open way, you can take it however you want to see it. What do you think is possible today in the current environment that was not possible regarding gender even a few years ago? So I think that um, it's the, to me, the young kind of protesting women are phenomenal, right? I, I think that their mentality is, you know, they're going to stand up and take what's theirs. And I think that's awesome. So I, I've, what I've foresee is that um, a whole wave of women that are taking charge, right? So I see that you can just look at Congress and see how many women are there. And I just think sometimes you can achieve something when you see yourself doing it, right? So now we see the possibilities that women can achieve it. And for the next generation behind them, it won't even be a big thing. They'll be able to land at success without even thinking about roles. I can say that when... um, Hillary Clinton lost. My son said to me, why can't a girl be a president? Good for good. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm heartened too. <laughs> right. And I was like, there's no good reason why a girl can't be a, a president. But he could see that it wasn't an issue of qualifications. It was an issue of a woman mm-hmm. needing to prove herself. And at the time, he must have been, I don't know, eight years old. So that means it's pretty pervasive. And it's not like he's sitting around watching CNN. He picked up on that in his little in his little life. So at least two, he could a ask the question as a boy, yeah. And he didn't see any difference, right? He didn't he didn't catch it. And I think this generation will be able to, uh, you know, affirm each other and say we have our each have our gifts, and and not our stereotype. We are not our stereotypes. Just curious, does he does he have not a girlfriend, but like friends who are girls that he plays with, or is he at the age where it's more boys plays with yeah, boys? Yeah, it's play boys with play with boys. So he's at the table for lunch, all boys, and mm-hmm. then he plays basketball at recess, all boys. Yeah, they're not at the. He used to have a girlfriend, but that was in kindergarten when they didn't know what that meant <laughs> that we play together. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have daughters too? Or just no. Daughters? Well, I have a stepdaughter um, who's twenty uh, twenty two now. Yeah. She's actually never lived with us. She's um, only visits like during holidays and things like that. So she's um, all grown up though now. I was wondering, since, since she doesn't live with you, this I, I was wondering if you saw, let's say, changes in her life, but probably she's too far away to, to really have that. Um, probably so, but I do think that um, she, I've, I, my sense for her is that she's more aware than we like that that her generation like her generation more self-aware of women and what I admire about her generation is the way that 
<clears throat> they just accept people for what they are, you know. And I, one of my um, friend's daughters approached someone and said, what pronoun should I use for you? I'm like, I would have never have thought to ask that question, you know, like, to, you know, what do you refer yourself to? I just wouldn't have come across my mind. But for them, they're so aware and and so... I don't know. It's like a forward thinking and from my perspective. And actually, thank you for raising that because in the beginning when I asked you how you self-identified, mm-hmm. I meant to also ask you what pronoun you oh, wanted to that's use. Oh, so funny. <laughs> and, and it's funny. It's the same thing. Before I started this podcast, I never thought about it. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. I did think about it with my LGBTI friends, but I didn't think about it just in terms of my day-to-day life. Right. And so I, yeah. it. I think it's, it truly is an age thing, right? Like, so we're not... Um, it's not in my face where it's for them because their generation is so open about it. I mean, it's it's interesting. My cousin, I have a cousin whose son is um, once we referred to as they. And so the mom's trying to understand it. And she walks up to a man shopping in the female, in the women's section and said, can you help me understand? And he's just like, Honey, I, I'm I'm just gay. I don't I don't understand all these things. But we're the same. It's an age thing. It's a generational thing. He doesn't. He the pronoun thing isn't wasn't his issue. It's come up more for this generation. So I thought that was funny. Like he's just like I, the, I don't get it either. I don't know what's going on with the younger people. But I still think it's super cool that they are trying to respect one another. So yeah. like how the pronoun isn't the issue. It's just more how can I respect you as you the most. And that that's important because if we can respect one another, if people can feel heard and appreciated, then we'll we'll move past so many little things that are unnecessary. I love that. I I, I love that. It, <laughs> I've actually never met somebody so far at least in my personal life that wants to be referred to as they. I'm just curious is there any other language that they have asked you to use around that? So I actually have seen it on TV twice now that uh, parents trying to discuss like documentaries and parents saying, uh, referring to their child as they, um, you know, it, I have an undergraduate degree in English. So actually they not used in the nominative case is actually hard for me, (laughs) but uh, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that the understanding is that I honor you, whatever it is. And so I will focus and concentrate on this if that makes you feel like you're, you know, happy. So like that child, or he's actually 20 something now, didn't come to Thanksgiving because of the anxiety that people wouldn't use the correct pronoun. So that's how important that is to him, right? So for me, it's just like, if that's that important to you, I can, I have memorized many things in my life. I can memorize they. And it's fine by, fine to me. You know, whatever it is to bring you peace, I'm fine. I don't have to work hard at that. That's wonderful. I, I, yeah. I'm very inspired by that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's totally interesting. Um, you know, it's, it, there's just a gray, and it's okay, right? It doesn't have to be black or white. It can be in between, and we're, we should be good with that. Tracy, do you have any life goals or dreams that you chose not to pursue? So my biggest issue was picking a life goal in the first place. I've, I, you know, I was one of those poor kids who kept saying, oh, I want to do this in the next moment. Oh, no, no, I want to be this. And then again, oh, I want to do this. So to be honest, <laughs> I wasn't as goal-oriented as I should have been. I think that, um, and to be perfectly frank, when I first went to med school, I probably would have dropped out 
if people hadn't said, hang in there, mm-hmm. you know, because when you get to deal with people, it's going to get better. And that's true to a small degree. And then by the time you finish med school, your degree is worthless if you don't keep pushing through residency. So I'm not so sure I chose the best career choice for myself, but I ended up with a perfect mesh. Like I am completely holistic and what I do is integrative. And so I landed on my feet after many struggles, but it, it, I never, um, I don't know that I can fully answer your question because I landed where I am by the grace of God, I, I swear. Um, and otherwise I would have had a miserable medical life, I think. I, and I, I will say, and just by the way, it doesn't matter whether you answer the question or not. These are just meant to spark conversation. Okay. So, and you know, just I will say, having seen your practice, I like thank God that you are one of those kind of doctors. I I dearly, dearly hope that there are more doctors in. I'll just talk about the U.S. Like in the states who do practice the way that you practice because you do. You look at the entire person. You don't just focus in on the disease. And I think that's just so important. Thank you. (laughs) Tracy, is there some place in your life when you decided to push on anyway, even though gender expectations or gender norms said don't? So I think choosing um, medicine as a career at that time, there were more women coming in, but it was still very male-dominated. was definitely, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. I think that the benefit of going to an all-girl high school is that you get to see women can do it all, right? So whereas it wasn't a, wouldn't have necessarily been a perspective had, it, had I not done that. I, in hindsight, I think that when you see the female leaders and you see the female alumni doing great things, then it kind of expands your viewpoint in terms of all, all that's possible. But, uh, you know, certainly medicine has completely changed now, but I would say we were on the beginning of women coming in and, and taking over a little bit. <laughs> and and it's, it's interesting. I'm curious if there's anything else from going to an all-girls high school, how that may have impacted, be it in a positive way or, uh, or obstacles that... When you were going to an all-girl, excuse me, when you were going to an all-girls high school, did you still have a lot of interaction? Like, was there a, a brother school that you had, or it was really we? You know, we are all the women, <laughs> and, and all the teachers are women, and all of the administrators are women. I, I'm not familiar with where you went. So, what was that like? So we did. We had male teachers, um, and we the nuns where I went to school were cloistered, so they never left the property without, like, I think a special permission or something. So it was like a that. Catholic girl's school. Yes, this is, yes, wasn't yes, the girl's school. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we did have uh, brother schools, and so we, there were guys around, and we had dances and things like that. Uh, and I don't remember, you know, not meeting or feeling like, how are we going to meet guys? We, they were boys' school, and so boys' schools, and so they had to meet people, too. So we, we found each other, mm-hmm. I think. It's interesting going to an all-girls Catholic school that you, it sounds like you walked away feeling very empowered because you saw women in uh, positions of responsibility and as leaders. I've heard other people, not in this podcast, but just friends of mine from the past who 
the all-girls Catholic school that they went to, not so much. It was more they came away with hearing, as a woman, this is your role and this is your place. Did that come up for you at all or not? It sounds like yours was perhaps no, a little more progressive. Yeah. Thankfully, that did not come up. So I, they, I, the expectation was you were going to do great things and that you, we, you know, we had mock politics like on imitating the national level. We were... My expectation wasn't that we weren't learning home ec. Like no one, I never had a cooking class. Clearly, I already told you, I can't cook. (laughs) Or sewing or anything like that. We were meant to go in academically. And then we had, you know, sports was a big piece of it. They wanted you to be very well-rounded. They focused on being well-rounded. And they wanted you to excel in school and in life. So I never got the sense that they were holding us back. I do think that maybe they that might have been the way it was in the past b- before me, but not um, not but in my time. time. And didn't mm-hmm. you you mention that you took they, the, it was a requirement to take an automotive class? I was a, so we had electives, and I was in the automotive mechanics class, <laughs> yeah. which I think is great. I think it's great. I learned how to change a tire uh, when I was in high school. I always had a lot of guy friends and girlfriends, and I this one particular guy friend who had this old beat up uh, uh, BW bug or VW oh, bug, whatever yeah. the beetle, the, the the beetle bug, whatever <laughs> I remember what that was called, and he and myself and uh, other friends we would go off roading, and one time blew a tire, and he got out. He goes, Amy. You're going to fix the tire. And I'm like, I don't know how to change. I was, I was thinking I was, I was 15 or something at the time. I said, I don't know how to change a tire. He's mm-hmm. like, you cannot drive without learning how to change a tire. I will teach you how to change. So in the mud. You know, we That's awesome. It was great. It was great. I was very grateful yeah. for, for that. That's flat tires happen, unfortunately. You know, so awesome. <laughs> Is there something that you would like regular people to start doing now to make a change regarding gender? So I think they're already doing it. I think that my generation needs to catch up is probably the the answer. So that when the, I don't want to call them kids because they're not kids, younger adults. Young people, yeah, young adults, yeah. When they are um, identifying, you know, their gender roles and kind of there's more fluidity in it, that we catch on, you know, that we we take the time and just say, you know, as opposed to treating it as a fad or treating it as just something for young people, that we all learn how to get along and respect one another. Because it really comes down to how, how do I make sure that we the small stuff is taken care of so we can move on to bigger things. So if you, however you want to identify, however you want to be respected, however your role is in society that you want to achieve, let's allow that. And then we can move on to solving bigger global problems and not get caught down in what truly is doesn't matter. Like you're a human being, and we should be happy to honor you as such. So, thank you. Can you tell me about a time that you thought I can't do X, or if I try to do X, that the consequences would be so great that it just wasn't worth trying? I honestly, Amy, can't think of anything. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> not not every question resonates with every person. I mean, I will ask, just on a related note, I usually don't ask this outright, but I'm, I'm curious, especially in the medical profession, have you ever had to deal with harassment either by a fellow student, another doctor or, or 
let's say, peer or even a patient? Has that ever come up for you? So I, um, I don't know that I've ever felt harassed per se. Um, I have, I do think there, you know, for a long time in my life, I looked really young and now I have gray hair. So that's not the case. But I do, so I do think that people would be like, can someone bring in the doctor kind of thing? <laughs> and I don't know if that is, um, cause I looked so childish. I was really skinny and you know, I'm not a makeup wearing kind of girl. So I was a little bit dismissed, but to be honest, because my filter wasn't on, I, I, I didn't, um, perceive it that way and and also that was their right I, you know I I'm pretty much pro-choice across the board so if you don't want me to be your doctor fine by me <laughs> I'm okay with that so um I, you know I, I didn't I didn't allow it to railroad me to be offended it, it wasn't I didn't give it enough power in my life understood yeah understood and now my last question is simply, is there anything else that I didn't ask or that we didn't touch upon that you'd like to say? Hmm. I think you're pretty thorough because to be honest, I, I really hadn't um, put my mind around gender as much. Um, so it really did spark my brain to really dig deep and try and put it all together in my life. And so I'm 51 now. Um that's a lot of putting together. <laughs> well, to I, do. I, I have to tell you, that makes me so pleased. Literally the point, like the reason I'm doing this is for people to start thinking, not to start, as I said, I'm, the conversation's already ongoing. I want to contribute by having another avenue for people to hear people's personal experience, to think about their own lives, and then to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people around their own kitchen table, the way that we're sitting here around mine. So I, I am so pleased that you were able to come over today, Tracy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for sparking the conversation. You've been listening to Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. I'm your host, Amy Breslow. I see each conversation as an adventure, and I love being surprised by where we go. If you find you had any questions during the discussion, I'd really like to know. You can submit questions on the website, yourownvoice.org contact. Your Own Voice is produced by your host with IT support from Alex Moreno and is registered with ProtectRite. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thank you for joining us today. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.